Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's <laughs> gonna pop eight, then you're gonna pop her out, man. So we're going. <laughs> we moved into the balls D portion of <laughs> There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. Like, like Mex- Mexican America. food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> You're listening to Leaving a Legacy, and this is episode 29. I am Adrian, or Mathematrixer, and with me is... Jerry Me. <laughs> wow. I'm so excited, Adrian. Yeah, why? What are you excited about? Uh, I mean, you're not supposed to ask that... Oh, I guess you are supposed to ask that question, but I didn't really have a follow-up. I was just going for the dramatic appeal. Oh, okay. Well, actually, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty excited anyway. There's, like, a ton going on. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a bunch going on. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know... Yeah, last week, Ben was with us, and uh, I don't even know if we went over any any of the GP Kyoto stuff, just all the omniscience that showed up. Yeah, we t- we touched on it. Um, I honestly didn't even get that much of a chance to go through the deck list. I just kind of scanned them. My my go-to strategy when I'm looking at top eights for events is, uh, first I'll see if anything interesting top eights, like mm-hmm. if I see Loam Pox or like Black-White Tokens top eighting a tournament, I'll jump right into that and just see what they did, see if I can figure out how they made top eight. Um, and then, then I kind of go a little more macro level where I kind of dive into the builds I'm interested in. Hmm. Um, so nothing really caught my eye that much out of the GP Kyoto. Well, it seemed like, it seemed like there was a lot of, uh, on these shows, so I'm wondering if maybe that's where the price run was on emissions. Yeah, we were, I was talking to some other people about it. I guess it's, um, it started a little before that, but that definitely snowballed the whole factor with omniscience. Um, because at SCG, I think they were asking like $30 for it at the dealer's booth. So it definitely spiked after the GP. I thought they were like 20 in Providence, but weren't they? Uh, it was, it was $20 before the GP, and then it's, it spiked up because everyone was uh, oh. buying omniscience, so the dealers raised the prices. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just know Dan wanted to borrow him for uh, the SCG. Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. The, so, omniscience, um, I I regret I sold mine at ten, so I wish I held on to those. I just I was picking them up just because, like, it was one of those stupid cards. Like, even when what the hell was the thing when I started playing Magic again? It was the stupid thing that looked like a bad version of Time Spiral. Like, yeah, that? like on the surface, when I first saw that card, I'm like, that card is, that is time reversal. Any play, yeah, time reversal. Hmm. It just looks like that those big dumb Johnny cards that, you know, if you pull it off, it's going to be amazing, but you have to jump through seven flaming hoops in order to get it to go off. And apparently, I just forgot that there was this thing called show and tell that existed. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm just used to putting in, you know, big demons or spaghetti monsters in with my show and tells, not. Regular old enchantments. That's not a regular old enchantment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Special enchantments. It's, it's not like you're going to show and tell in Circle Red. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe. <laughs> if you're stuck on White Mana, man. <laughs> mm. um, oh, I don't even know what order we... I don't even... So I... Alright. So I, I noticed the other day, and uh could probably get on that a little bit anyway, but... There was, uh, you know, one of the guys mentioned, um, 
I don't know what he... How would he... He didn't put it as oppressive, but... Um, Ah, uh, shit. All right, here's 30 seconds of editing info. <laughs> She'll be all gone. Uh, just as, as I mentioned, uh, history has shown that when a deck gets too good, Watsi either creates hate cards or bans an important card in that deck. And this is, uh, so one of the guys was a little nervous about whether or not, well, not nervous, but, uh, wonder hey, whether he should sell out of miracles or not. Yeah. So, so wait, wait, did you want to go over something on GP Kyoto some more? Yeah, well, I just pulled up the top eight deck list for it, so. 32 just, copies of Brainstorm. A lot of people mention that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know why people are freaking out about that, because it's not unheard of. I mean, I, I remember uh, almost probably a year and a half ago when Rug Delver was the go-to deck in the format, when there were some SCG events where Rug Delver was like 7 out of 8 uh, decks in the tournament. There were 32 Brainstorm copies in Top 8 all the time back then. It's only recently that we migrated away from blue. So I don't know why people were freaking out that there were 32 brainstorms in the top eight of GP Kyoto. I don't think they were. I think just some people like, would rather see Brainstorm Band or whatever. But Brainstorm doesn't... Brainstorm the, isn't oppressive. It, like, yeah, you get to dig, fetch. I mean, it's, it's a, it is a very tact... tact what's the word I'm looking for? Tactical card? Tactile? <laughs> no, tactical. It takes tactics to play it, you know? Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> tactile? Tactile. That? No, tactile means you can touch it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sure. Then it's tactile also. Yes, it, it is a physical card. But anyways, well, Brainstorm I don't think would be banned just because while it is just almost an... Ev- it, it's the reason to run blue in a lot of cases. That enforcer will. That enforcer will. Um, it's not like it wins games on its own. It makes games not more enjoyable because it, you know, reduces mana flood, reduces mana screw. It can turn a bad hand into a good hand, which is why people love it. Um, mm-hmm. I think the only reason why it would be considered for banning is that, for the very reason that it's why blue is the most popular color in the in the entire meta. If Brainstorm was... Uh, in every color, there was a green brainstorm or whatever had, I don't know what re- crazy, crazy rules change would take place that would cause that to happen. But if you could play brainstorm in every color, I think it would be perfectly fair and perfectly, uh, suitable card for the entire meta and no one would really complain. It's just the fact that because it limits you to blue, it pushes people in the blue direction and it's not like blue needs another excuse to have more players under its umbrella. <laughs> okay. Uh, Huh. But it's it's the fact that it goes into so many different decks. It's not like it only goes in a combo decks or it only goes in a fair decks. It's like look at an Omni Show, in Rug Delver, in Grixis Delver. Well, yeah, but th- that's the same case for Treasure Cruise. Um, yeah, but Treasure Cruise is oppressive. Treasure Cruise. Yeah, brainstorm. I don't find brainstorm oppressive. But Treasure Cruise was slotting into a specific style of deck, into those tempo aggro decks that are... What are you talking about? Miracles was playing Treasure Cruise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's an ancestral recall. Huh? But it's, it was better. See, Brainstorm is equally good in all of these same decks, whereas Treasure Cruise was better in the Delver decks because it allowed them to... Um, deploy a threat and protect the hell out of that threat and then refill their hand as soon as their opponent was able to get a toehold back in the game and push their opponent back out of the game. Sure. 
Whereas Brainstorm doesn't have that same power level, which is why it's still allowed to be in the meta. Yeah, Brainstorm only replaces itself. Treasure Cruise replaces itself in two and other games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't want to get into a whole long thing about whether a band brainstorm because I don't think that that I don't I don't know I just I don't think that uh, yeah I, I think the people calling for brainstorm to be banned are people who don't actually play legacy all that often because yeah I could see that most legacy players I know personally have never really complained about brainstorm no I don't really find it oppressive yeah but it does bring up a good point because uh, our one of our good fan of the cast Thomas Le Guin voiced a little concerns which I didn't I've never really realized um, that people kind of had this point of view just because I coming from being a long time legacy player I've been in the format for a while I, my brain just isn't wired this way but I can definitely see how the people, history of the OG yeah the history <laughs> of the OG but I can definitely see how people coming from uh, the modern and jumping into legacy would definitely have these same fears in that he was nervous that he just put together this Miracles deck in Legacy and is afraid that Watsy is going to swing the ban hammer and his deck is going to be worthless. Well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not terribly sure on, on, uh, on his background, whether he's primarily Legacy or Modern. I don't really consider uh, his background to be as relevant as his point. You know, I th- and so what's your, what's your impression? Oh, well, I mean, I think he definitely has a good point. It's just I, I never, it, this concern never crossed my mind just because of my past experience with Legacy is what, is what I'm saying about that. But basically, Tom's uh, point was he was afraid that wizards would view miracles as too oppressive the same way that they viewed uh, Birthing Pod was too oppressive in Modern and ban out uh, one of the cards in the deck in order to neuter the deck so it wouldn't be as competitive. And I can definitely see how that was a problem for all the modern players because it really caused this investment in a deck to become worthless because, first of all, a lot of the cards that they were using in the pod decks, while good on their own and still held most of their value, it's they didn't easily slot into other decks the same way that the cards in Miracles would slot into other decks in Legacy. So that that's definitely a concern that people, anytime a card gets banned and it causes your deck that you put all this time and effort and sweat, blood, and tears into uh, to no longer function, you're going to be disappointed. Okay. My my impression personally, like, I have, I, I could put Miracles together. Uh, it's not my type of deck. Um, but, like, I don't know, man. If you're playing the deck and you're and you're, like, doing good with it, Ride that motherfucker till the wheels fall off. Like, <laughs> like what? Like, I can't imagine what they'd ban. Counterbalance. You know, like if they ban counterbalance, that's what a ten dollar card. You're out forty dollars out of the deck. You still got brainstorms, force mm-hmm. of wheels. No, I would say if they ban any deck, it would be Sensei's Dividing Top. You mean any card? You think they ban top? Yeah, out of any card of the deck, I think top would be the first on the ban hammer uh, list. But. Going back to the point, as far as value goes, all those cards are still going to hold those values, except for maybe counterbalance. I can definitely see counterbalance taking a hit, but if you lose a couple bucks there, it's not like you're losing hundreds of dollars on dual lands. I think it would make more sense to ban counterbalance than top. Like counterbalance top. isn't the oppressive part of the deck, though, and it's also the reason why they would ban top over anything else is for this not be even oppressive reasons. Uh, uh, of the combo of counterbalance uh, Sensei's Top is just that the same reason why Sensei's Top is banned in Modern, that it's a 
miserable card to play against. It has what Wizards refers to as loading screens, where you're sitting there watching your opponent diddle themselves while they play around with their top and you don't get to do anything, and then round time is called. And you have to go to a draw because your opponent spent 55 minutes playing with their top. Yeah, but banning, yeah, but top isn't, I don't find top oppressive in Legacy. Top. Right, top, I don't, top I'm not saying up. I think it's gonna happen, it's just if anything would get banned out of the deck, it would be top. And I think that would suck, cause it would fuck up 12 post. Like 12 uh, post uses top. There's a lot of decks that use top. It's just counterbalance, countertop is the only one that actually uses top to do fucking literal nothing. Nothing, but I mean, it can feel that way for sure. (laughs) No, it does nothing. (laughs) But man, so so I mean, I would imagine like you know miracles. I mean, if they, I can't see them banning top because that would make top only playable in commander and vintage. And like, yeah, in commander, it's got good advantage, but vintage. That's fine. I mean, look at Gush. There's plenty of cards that that bill fits. It's just only playable in Commander and Vintage, and Wizards doesn't. Yeah, but I wouldn't put Sensei's Divining Top on the same tier as Demonic Tutor. Uh, I mean, Top is a very good card. I'm not saying it's not, but it's not so Demonic long, Tutor. The longer the game goes, the closer that that graph gets between Demonic Tutor and, and Top. Demonic Tutor's good for one turn. Top is good for lots of turns. Demonic Tutor goes through my deck. Top goes through the top three cards. And it goes through the top you know, the rest of your deck turn after turn after turn. When you factor in Fetchlands, you can go through your entire deck with top. Alright, so if they ban top, doesn't counter top just end up playing scroll rack? Uh I I don't think that's good enough. No, I mean, because it's I'm sure someone will do it out of desperation, but <laughs> I don't think that it would be good enough to actually see play. Hmm. Um I don't know. I, I think if they ban counter I don't think they would ever ban they wouldn't ban anything out of miracles for power level. It would be out of just sheer tournament organization reasons. Sure, I could see that. Um, but also, I, Tom was nervous just because Miracles has been doing well lately. But while Miracles is doing, has been doing well, it hasn't been doing well to the point of considering a ban. Uh, what I kind of mentioned. I agree. Yeah, what I kind of mentioned is, in order for a card to get banned in Legacy, it needs to reach oppressive levels where it's in almost every winning deck. Kind of like the way Treasure Cruise was not too long ago, and the way, um, what was it, Mental Misstep was the, uh, time before. You know, both of those cards, you basically had to play them in order to do well at a tournament. And that's why they banned. But wasn't that the screwed up stuff, though? Where, like, but just before Treasure Cruise gets banned, everybody starts jamming Counterbalance and Top into their bug decks. <laughs> well, yeah, because everyone's running one drop. Everyone's running one drop, Counterbalance, Top get real good. But what was ridiculous was um, back in the days of Mental Misstep, because because it was Phyrexian mana, Zoo decks were running four Mental Missteps. Elves were running Mental Missteps. These non-blue decks were running Counter Magic just so they could counter their opponent's Mental Missteps. The the running joke was every Legacy deck at that time started with uh, 56 cards, because automatically four slots were dedicated to Mental Misstep. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I mentioned, you know, in order for a deck to be considered for banning, it needs to pretty much consistently make up about 50% of the meta on a consistent basis. Kind of the way, and that hasn't happened in a long time. Like, I think the last time that happened was probably like Flash Hulk or Old School Reanimator when uh, Mystical Tutor got banned. So, um, 
Speaking of musical theater, imagine if that was illegal. Uh, oh, Tim Finch Fins would be fucking. The oh best. yeah. <laughs> oh man, those were the days. <laughs> so, I, um, yeah, oh man, yeah, I'll tell you about that a little later. But yeah, all right. <laughs> but yeah, so that hasn't happened in Legacy for a long time. So I and I don't see that happening anytime soon because there isn't any deck in the meta right now that comes close to that. I, the last time we came close was when Rug Delver was doing so well a while ago, but, you know, the the meta shifts and decks rise and fall, and I don't think we're... I think Legacy is in a really healthy place right now that we don't need to consider that. Yeah, the only thing that actually is bugging me at the moment is you either got to play... You either got to plan to play against Miracles... Well, you gotta, I got to plan to play against Miracles and Bug Delver, like, consistently, probably about half the time, one or the other. Yeah, but even with both of those together, they only make up a roughly 20% of the meta. Uh, so well, I guess that depends on your meta. I, I'm, I mean, you're, I'm, talking, you're talking about, like, what, GP Kyoto? <laughs> like, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just taking, like, averages. So um, the site I really like is MTG Goldfish. Um, mm-hmm. They do a really good job of tracking all the tournaments and uh, posting percentages of the meta of how much a, a deck at a given time is making up of the meta based on, like, the last couple tournaments. All right, but that's accounting moto, right? Yeah, that is accounting moto, Which so is like it is a, a little realm. skewed. But, yeah. but it's also, it's almost impossible to get a good sense of the legacy meta as a whole because it's so regionally diverse. Right, so you can get a sense of the meta of where you're at. Right, and that's more of an art than a science. Uh... I don't know. It seems like about half the time I'm either playing against miracles or bug where I'm at. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess Vassell, so most of the time he's playing against twelve post. Right. Okay. So <laughs> our personal meta that may be true. There is a lot of miracles in our personal meta. Yeah, and a lot of bug Delver. Oh uh, well, that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's it, you were doing bug. There's another guy doing bug. Celso came up with bug. You know, it's just you either get I either get used to seeing counterbalance top or abrupt decay thought abrupt decay thought sees him to Turek. Or Stifle. Don't forget the Stifle Spell Pierce. Uh, I haven't been seeing a lot of Stifle Spell Pierce. Yeah, I prefer the discard version better, too, but it still exists. It'll blow I, you if you're not ready for it. Oh, man. I You know, so... All right. All right. <laughs> I, man. All right, so any anything else wrapping up about the Miracles? I say ride the motherfucker till the wheels fall off. Like, if they... Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they're going to ban anything. If they do, I, hopefully it's counterbalance, and the rest of your deck is still valid anyway. I don't see them banning counterbalance, though. But, yeah, no, you're right. I don't right. see them banning any part of it. Right, exactly. Um, no, I, I think that's fine. I, Legacy's in a really healthy place right now. They just banned Treasure Cruise, so I don't see them banning anything until a new card comes out and breaks the format. Okay. All right. And, uh... All right. So, another thing I wanted to mention was... Uh, I started going through the emails, because I hadn't done that in a little bit anyway. I mean, I kind of been going through the emails, but... So remember a little while ago, uh, somebody sent in a list for their, um, like, waterfall-type deck? It was like Cascade, Cascade. Oh, yeah, was it, uh... It was it was four-color Cascade? Yeah, it was like a four-color Cascade from... Uh, yeah. All right, so, uh... One of his, one of his friends, uh, Jason, sent in a list that... Just kind of, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on it real quickly. Yeah. The, so he Let's sent, do it. <laughs> so he sent in a four-color Delver Blade list. Ooh, okay, Delver Blade. Yeah, there was actually another one that he sent in too. This is the one that I actually threw together so we could do a couple of uh, draw sevens and see what it looked like. Um, the other one he sent in, I thought you might get a kick out of, and he thought you might get a kick out of it too because it was his, his his version of Stifle Knot. Ooh. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
this is what I ended up throwing together for the moment, and uh, maybe we go over the stifle knot at another point. Um, have you, uh, been play- you can't have you tease been- me like that. Have you been playing your Have you, have you been playing your version lately? Um, so I've been obsessed with the uh, the Grixis deck that just uh, won the last SCG, so I've been playing that nonstop. Okay, what was that? Uh, we'll we'll touch on that a little later. I don't want to steal your thunder, uh, but it's pretty sweet. Tease me with it. Does it have Dak Faden? Uh, it does. One copy of Dak Faden. I wish it had more. There might be more in the future, but it currently runs one. And I'm willing to bet it's playing Tassica. Oh yeah, definitely. So you you got a you got a spicy brew in the email. It's not going to be stifle knot though. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to save the stifle knot for another time for you, Jerry. But the uh, so so an email came in, and this is from uh, this is from Jason, and he sent it a four color Delver blade list, and I threw it together. We could take a look at some draw sevens and see what it looks like. But this this is the list, and so it's four Deathrite Shaman, four Delver Secrets, four Tarmogoyf. Good start. Yep. Sounds like Bug Delver. Yep. Right. Stone one one Stoneforge Mystic. Okay. Um, which I usually see as a four of. I was kind of surprised to see it as a one of, but uh, uh, just a little spice in there. Yeah. I I I've I've run two Stoneforge before in um, more control style decks where it's more of a secondary win condition than your primary. Sure. Then there's one Tassiger. and then the only equipment in the deck for it to grab is an Umazawa's Jit. Yeah, I've seen that before. It's going more tempo orientated, whereas the batter skull's more control, mi- mid rangey control, right? Yeah, yeah. It um, able to hard cast uh, the jet if need be. Mm-hmm. Four brainstorm, four force of will, four sorts to plowshares, four days, three ponders, two abrupt decays, two dig through times, two spell pierce, two stifle, one toxic deluge, and then. Uh, uh, four flooded strands, four misties, three polluted deltas, two underground seas, two tropical islands, one tundra, and one savanna. Um, how many swords to plashers did you say? Four. Four. Okay, so that's the primary white splash there. Okay. Well, that. Yeah, okay, that. In the I mean, and the one. Right. Yeah, the one stone forge, but sure. that's. Yeah. So swords and a and a stone forge. So. You know, two abrupt decays, there's no hand disruption, so that's the part that doesn't sound like Bug Delver. With the Stoneforge, it's kind of reminding me of Shardless Bant. Well, what it is is that it's running the Stifle version. So you won't see hand disruption and Stifle in the same style Bug deck because it's counterintuitive. If you're Stifling them, you're cutting them off mana, so they can't cast their spells anyways, so why would you bother stripping their hand? But if you're going to run Stifle, don't you run four? Um, I mean, it could. Ju- that's a pretty packed list. I just don't think he has room for it. It's not his primary concern. It's more of a just uh, if he if some games he'll use that uh, to get an edge, but it's not going to be his number one game plan. It sounds like. Now you've been playing Tassiger, right? Yeah. How's Tassiger actually work with Dig Through Time? Because it seems counter. Uh, it's really hard. I mean, <laughs> it seems it. You, they can't be drawn together is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, if they, if you draw them a couple turns apart, it's fine. If you draw them back to back, you're kind of screwed. Okay, because you're playing enough fetches yourself, stifles, spell pierces. To yeah, you, you anyway. can. Yeah, you can fill your graveyard up, but it's just when you're struggling to get your graveyard filled to cast the first one, and then you top deck the second one, you're just like, oh my god, this is miserable. That's actually that's been happening to me a little bit with the uh, Esper list I've been running that runs two dig through time two Tassiger. Okay. Um, some games I draw them apart and it's amazing because I Tassiger and then a little while later I dig through time. 
right. other games, I draw them back to back, and they're dead cards. And it's not just that they're one of them's dead; it's usually both of them are dead because I can't get enough things in my graveyard to cast the first one. Okay. Um, so he's he's also got a sideboard together. I don't know if it's really. Uh, it's more meta dependent. I mean, yeah. well, one thing one thing I noticed is that. With it, it, he's addressing one of the biggest problems that Bug Delver has, is that with Abrupt Decay being your main source of removal, um, you struggle to some of the faster tempo decks like... Uh, Blue Other Red, Delvers. Yeah, Blue Red Delver, uh, Rug Delver, the faster Rug Delver versions. Um, just decks where you really want that one-mana removal, and it's just in Bug Colors, there isn't a good one-mana removal spell. Your best bet is Disfigure. Right. Which is good on a Delver, but if you're trying to deal with a Tarmogoyf, you're out of luck. Mm-hmm. So that's what I really like about him adding the uh, Swords to Plowshares to the deck. He's basically using the White Splash as access to better forms of removal. Right. Okay. Uh, kind of like the same way the other four-color Delver decks that are going the red route instead of the white route uh, use it to splash the uh, Lightning Bolts. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're going to take a quick... Let's look at some sevens. Yeah, let's take uh, take a look at some sevens. See how it draws, because that's always the biggest thing with these four color Delver decks. Is sometimes your greedy mana base just punishes the hell out of you. Okay. So first seven is we got Underground Sea, Polluted Delta. Good start. Ponder, Brainstorm, Delver, Days, Tundra. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good hand. That, looks, that does look pretty fucking good. You're heavy on the lands, but I mean, you just run out Delver, have the days back up, and then you have Brainstorm Ponder to set it up, put some of those lands back off Brainstorm. That's a... I would be hard-pressed to find a better hand than that. That does look really fucking good. Um, alright. Good start, good start. <laughs> Take a look at another seven. Uh, let's see. So we got... Oh, shit. Alright, Deathrite, Deathrite, Ponder, Ponder... Misty Rainforest, Force of Will, Force of Will. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's a tough one because... Fuck that, I keep that hand. No, I've kept that too, but sometimes you just get punished, man. Well, yeah, it, he doesn't run basics. He admitted he's, he's kind of greedy when it comes to Yeah, well, it I mean, to lands. it's like, if your opponent's running a Wasteland, you can fuck yourself with that hand, because also... Oh, yeah, comes, you, you got a Misty that's going to get a duel and put a death rate down. If they have a Wasteland... Uh, well, I'd be hard-pressed, depending on what my opponent's playing. I may run the Ponder out first, because sometimes you just need to find that second land. If you know that they're on the Wastelands, and they have... Like, what happens if you um, play your land, play the death rite, and they daze your death rite? You know, are you going to force a will that daze to get that death rite into play? If they followed... It, that thing is, it's you know, almost like you're forced to. It's, well, yeah, he's got ponder, ponder, force, force. You're right. The fact that he has the double force is a good reason to keep that hand, but that yeah. hand, if it didn't have the force wells, really opens yourself up to be blown out. Because if you're running a Stifle Wasteland deck, that's the type of hands that Stifle Wasteland decks love to play against. Because, yeah, sure, but then you force the Stifle. Yeah, because it has the force. So I'm saying the forces in hand are the only reason why I would consider keeping that hand as well, is. Well, yes, yes. If if I'm playing against a Stifle Wasteland deck, I mean, oh, granted, if, if you're play, playing, if I'm, against, playing a, if I'm playing against an unknown deck, if you're playing against an unknown deck, I would probably keep that too, since you have the Force of Wells. But it would be a tough call again if you didn't have those Force of Wells. Yeah. 
because there's been too many times where I've kept a one-land hand with Deathrite Shaman and Ponder and get blown out on it because they're able to counter your one-drop and then follow it up with a Wasteland. Alright. <clears throat> it's also... I just... Death Rite, Death Rite, Ponder, Ponder, Force, Force, Land is real. Like, I'm just picturing the reanimator matchup with that opening seven. Yeah, that's pretty... <laughs> no, granted, if you're not against a Wasteland deck, that hand's pretty beautiful. Uh, uh, well, I mean, the, the the thing is, like, there's no basics in the deck. It's yeah. gonna It's going it's gonna to be shaky to a Wasteland anyway. Like, you can't... Knowing you're weak to Wasteland, you can't really play around Wasteland. <laughs> yeah. like, you just, All right, that is a fair point. I mean, you just kind of have to take your licks. Or something. <laughs> oh yeah, yep. Um, all right, how about this? Holy smokes! Uh, Deathrite Shaman, Spell Pierce, Tropical Island, Ponder, Misty Rainforest, Tarmogoyf, Stoneforge Mystic. Sneep! <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's pretty good. Holy shit. I mean, you got the tropical and you got the fetch, so you can find the white source for the stone forge. So you have your choice between stone forge, tarmogoyf. And you got death rate to eat for color if you need anyway. Yeah, given that uh, you don't have the batter skull, you only have the jet. I wonder what is actually more correct: running the tarmogoyf out or running the stone forge out? Because I'd hate to draw the jet afterwards. Yeah, I'd hate to have the stone forge in hand and draw the jet. I mean, your chances of that are pretty low, and you could always put it back off a of brainstorm. Um, I'm just thinking of there's not much point grabbing a jit if you don't have a creature to put it on. Yes. And if you're going to be slow going, you know, do you really want to be swinging in with a Stoneforge Mystic equipped with a jit? You know, that's probably not going to be good enough. The fact that you have to take a turn and a half just to get that set up. Hmm. So. It, I almost feel it would be better just running the Tarmogoyf out and using the Stoneforge as your long game. Let's see. How about... <laughs> see, I forgot, man. i got to update my little fucking card file for Trice here. Because... Uh, yeah, so like there's, there's new cards, and I'm, I'm so I got Delver Secrets. Charizard! <laughs> uh, Delver Secrets, Stoneforge Mystic, Misty Rainforest, Brainstorm, Dig Through Time, Misty, Swords to Plowshares. Okay, that second Misty made it better. I'd keep that. Mm. You got Delver into Brainstorm? Filling yeah. up your graveyard real quick for that Dig Through Time? Just seems awkward. With Like, yeah, Dig Through Time just seems awkward. I find it funny that there's one Stoneforge Mystic in the deck and we've drawn it in the opening hand two times in a row. Yeah, I know, right? I'm, I'm shuffling these things. I mean, I don't really... You can't. I guess you can't really get random. <laughs> the digital, the yeah. digital shuffler. Digital, digital shuffling. Oh, jeez. All right, no lands. Uh, Delver, Tarmogoyf, Days, Force of Will, Spell Pierce, Stoneforge, Stifle. Screw happens. Uh, it seems like. I mean, some of these, these opening sevens seem like a fun deck to play. Yeah, I mean, they've been real good opening sevens. I I think the mana base sounds like it's really well put together. Uh, days, Death Ray, Brainstorm, Stifle, Days, Force of Will, Ponder. Holy <laughs> <laughs> <We had a> Adelands. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's see. Uh, Misty, Flooded Strand, Abrupt Decay, Delver, Brainstorm, Swords to Plowshares, Spell Pierce. Oh, that's a snap key. Is it? Sneep! You got Delver plus so much protection... Plus the brainstorm to flip it manually if you need to. Okay, so now 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 I'll bring this up. Um, 
so I so I managed to uh, I went down to Connecticut down to tabletop games and met up with Celso and played some Legacy. Yeah. And on the way, I picked up Lion's Eye Diamonds and I managed to put back together the Tinfins deck. Okay. So I've rebuilt the deck, but I've rebuilt it with some modifications to it where its entire purpose is to punish somebody who doesn't keep Force of Will. Just going balls to the wall of glass cannon. There's like multiple ways to mulligan to four and kill somebody. Ooh, that's pretty spicy. It is. It is ridiculous. Um, and like you guys had mentioned it, you and Ben started talking about it, and it got me thinking about it. So I went to four copies of Grizzlebrand, four copies of Lion's Eye Diamond. Oh yeah. So I can actually like, I mean, I can mull and hit like uh, Lotus Petal, Dark Ritual, and Tomb Gorio's Vengeance. I can mull and hit Land Ponder, Lion's Eye Diamond, Grizzlebrand, mm-hmm. and like ponder into an Exhum. It, it's so like yeah, it, it can mold a four and kill. So like you know whether I have four, five, six, or seven is kind of irrelevant. But the, so I, I changed it to like all it does is punish somebody who didn't keep a force of will. And I, I guess it's like I started to wonder like how often you know what other card is actually going to hit it? Like you know surgical extraction, sure. Um, spell piercing days if I'm on the draw. You know, but so so it's interesting that. In looking at this, uh, Misty, Flooded Strand, Abrupt Decay, Delver, Brainstorm, Swords, and Spell Piss. So your impression is Snap Keep. Oh, yeah. And I don't play enough Delver to really have a valid opinion on it. I mean, against any combo deck other than Tinfins or Charbelcher, that's fine. Sure. You, you run the early pressure out, which is your biggest uh, asset against a fast combo deck, because it doesn't matter how much disruption you have in hand, if you don't have a clock on them, they will get back to a position where they can combo you combo you out. So, you, so what's your impression? Do you do you play a fetch and just land a turn one Delver, or do you play a fetch and, and just leave it untapped for now? Like, do you hold up mana for Brainstorm or Spell Pierce, or do you just put, run the Delver out turn one? Uh, does that hand have the stifle in it? No, this is Misty, Flooded Strand, Abrupt Decay, Delver, Brainstorm, Swords, Spell Pierce. Yeah, I definitely run the Delver out turn one on that hand. You don't um, even keep you don't even keep Spell Pierce made up? No, because what if you're playing a fair deck? You just basically time walked yourself to keep a spell pierce up for no reason. If they go forest uh Deathrite Shaman or they go their own dual land Delver, you just time walked yourself for no reason. So you don't, you don't even hold it up for Brainstorm to hit Force of Will, maybe? No. I'm I'm not that afraid of combo that they're going to turn... If they turn one me, so be it. But that's just the way the dice falls. If if they are running that type of combo deck, that's the advantage those combo decks have is for opponents who don't uh, have a, a Force of Will. But I'm not going to aggressively mulligan to Force of Will, and I'm not going to keep Spell Pierce up unless I know my opponent's on a combo deck. <laughs> if, if this is game two, and I know if this playing, is game one, and you're playing against me, <laughs> oh, I mean that's different. If, if it's like a complete stranger, you know, stranger yeah. danger, and it's completely unknown. I would definitely run that delve route. If I know my opponent's on combo, then you're right. I would I would play the lands, keeping the spell pierce up to avoid the turn one. Uh, and then turn two, I would play the Delver up and be able to have the brainstorm into turn to flip the Delver, plus keeping the spell pierce up. All right. So what about this? Uh, Misty, Flooded Strand, Underground Sea, Delver, Delver, Deathrite, Tassiger. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got plenty of threats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, but at the same time, I'd be hard pressed to mulligan that. 
You have plenty of action in hand. You got enough to start beating down. Yeah. You're just not very reactive. I mean, if this was an actual tournament, I probably would keep it unless once again I knew my opponent was playing combo. Playing in the dark, I would probably keep that. Okay. How about last last seven? All right. Uh, Polluted Delta, Misty Rainforest, Delver, Brainstorm, Brainstorm, Spell Pierce, Dig Through Time. Uh, how many lands were there? Two, Misty Rainforest and Polluted Delta. Mm, yeah, yeah, I like I like having the Brainstorms there. And just run the Delver out real quick. Yeah, I mean, once again, Brainstorm makes everything better. <laughs> like if that hand didn't have brainstorm, uh, maybe not, but it does, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's got two and two fetches. It's got two and two fetches. You're good. Actually, yeah, I guess you what play the turn one Delver, and then during your upkeep, brainstorm to make sure he flips. Yeah, because you have that second brainstorm to use for value on recycling your cards that you can afford to use that first brainstorm to just force the Delver to flip. Hmm. Okay. All right, so. Yeah, I, I like the deck. I know that that looks like that does look like a fun deck. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sh- uh, sharing that. I do like having access to one mana removal. That's actually good in Bug Delver. I, the Stoneforge Mystic's a little out of place for me. I don't really like running Stoneforge with Delver in the first place because I find them to be counterintuitive. It does seem out of place. I've thought about putting together that Stoneforge, um, the Stoneforge version of Miracles, mm-hmm. just to just to see what I think. Um, so yeah, all right. So that was a uh, four color Delver Blade, which Delver uh, Blade. I know that does look like fun to play. Um, I want someone to bring back Cobblade. Squadron Hawks is pure card value, people. It can it can be it can see legacy play. Oh. Make, make it happen. Okay. <laughs> it essentially says draw three cards. Yeah, and it works with Scroll Rack. And Scroll Rack <laughs> and Jace. Yep. It's great with Jace. It literally says three cards with Jace. <laughs> Uh, so, so, what else? Um, I think, so I think the last time I talked to you, the only card that was actually, oh, there was just a handful of cards spoiled from Modern Masters. I was hoping this was the next topic. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, we got quite the announcement. Let's make it the next topic, then. Whole batch of new cards. I think the last one we talked about was Vendillion Click. Yes. And we got a whole bunch more since then. And so, so what do you think? I really, really like the spoilers so far. I think they already are showing their printing cards that were missing last time, namely Noble Hierarch and Goblin Guide. Goblin yes. Guide was like $20. There's no reason a one-mana 2-2 two two should be $20. Mm, okay. The mm-hmm. the Noble Hierarch 2, that hit like $70, so both of those were in desperate need of a reprint. Um, the only ones I'm really disappointed with are the stupid commands. I'm, like, I don't see why they could have just just printed Cryptic Command. That's the only one people actually want. Because they got to do the cycle, I guess. No, I don't want stupid Incendiary Command. I'm never going to use Incendiary Command <laughs> in my entire life. I'm going to be so upset when I open my pack of Modern Masters 2 and I get a freaking Incendiary Command. Okay, but you know you know, people are playing with Primal Command? Have you seen that stuff? It What, in Legacy? Uh, at least in modern, uh, yeah. Actually, I believe Aaron was getting me with it in, in Legacy. He was he was catching me with um, what the hell was that deck? Astroslide? You, you didn't see what he was doing, did you? No, I never he got would, to like, play against him running Astroslide. Oh my god! He, like, and and apparently that's what's happening in modern too with some decks. Is you cast Primal Command and it, like bounces a land? I think isn't that one? Let's see. 
Um, it's target player gains seven life, put target non-creature permanent on top of its owner's library, or target player shuffles his or her graveyard into his or her library, or search your library for a creature tar- card, reveal it, and put it into your hand. Yeah, yeah. So, so you choose two. And, uh, I don't want any of those. No, so here's... Well, with Astroslide, what he was doing was like... I think he was choosing the two modes. He would search his library for a creature card, um, and he would cast, uh, and he would bounce your land on top of your deck, so he screwed up your next turn. He just like time walked off it. Oh, uh, kind of like using it as a uh, uh, not upheaval. There was a green card. Uh, so, so he would bounce your land to the top of your deck, screwing up your next draw. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, he would go in his deck and get an Eternal Witness and get the Primal Command back. Okay. So he had this silly, like this this thing. It was almost like a lock. It was it was just so frustrating. <laughs> so frustrating. Yeah. I was I was playing elves and I was I couldn't get mana playing elves. I was getting so mad. Yeah. Oh, it plow under. That's what it's called. Okay. Have you ever been plow undered? It sucks. No. <laughs> it's a staple in most cubes. It's three colorless, two green. Put two target lands on top of their owner's library. Okay. So you just time walk someone for two turns. Mm. The problem is if you have a fetch land in play, then that doesn't work because I just fetch it and shuffle my deck. So, so, I, man, all right, yeah. So, all right, so you don't like the commands. (laughs) I'm just saying I'm going to be really disappointed if I open any command other than cryptic command. So does that make Modern Masters 2 your new scratch ticket then as opposed to Modern Masters 1? (sighs) I mean, just looking at it, I mean, so we got the big ones, Vendillion Click, Tarmogoyf, Dark Confidant. Everyone's wondering if they were going to print them again since they were the money cards of the, uh, the last one and they didn't know if they were coming back. We have gotten confirmation they are back, so that's awesome. No, I'm actually, what that actually does make me curious about is if they're going to change the artwork for Dark Confidant or not. Yeah, they already kept the Tarmogoyf the same, so I don't think they would on Dark Confidant, but they did on Vendillion Click. It's a 50-50 shot. Well, I'm kind of curious, because they changed the click. Uh, So, originally, in the first Modern Masters, Goyf got changed, Click got changed, Dark Confidant. No, sorry. Click and Goyf stayed... Jesus. Bob clicks, and Goyf clicks stayed changed, the same. Click stayed the same. Right. Now, clicks changed. And, uh, so my only, I guess, all right. Yeah, I, let me given that, I think, I think, I think Darn Confidant and Tarmogoyf are going to have the same art since they got updates in the last one. So Vendillion Click probably should have had an updated art in the first Modern Masters and didn't. It just got delayed to this one. So the only reason I'm actually curious is if Dark Confidant stays the same, I'm curious if that would affect the price at all for the GP Boston playmat. Ooh, that is a good point. Now it's, you know, extra prominent. It just makes me wonder, yeah. Um, the, I mean, my other my other thoughts were that, you know, in order to put Tin Fins back together, it seemed like I probably did choose some okay cards to let go of. Like I had to sell Iona. Iona's getting reprinted. Oh, good call on that. Yeah, I do like the Iona reprint. Um, I like it because cards like those are ones that most players only need one of anyways. The, yes. El- the Elishnorn, the Iona, the Eldrazi. So I, I like I like them being printed in this because you, you, uh, if you open one, you got your one. You don't really need more than that. Right. And, and I got rid of an Ulamog and I had to get rid of a few Emrakuls. Um I didn't expect it to go to New Phyrexia. I didn't think we'd see Elishnorn. Yeah, it is a good point. Um, I do remember that hearing that it was going up to New Phyrexia, though, and that was the last one. 
because okay. in the original announcement, they said it was including uh, Mirrodin Besieged, and but they never said if it was Mirrodin Besieged block or Mirrodin Besieged just the set. I'm, okay. okay. I was leaning towards them including New Phyrexia because I would be surprised if they included the first part of the block and not the last part. So I guess with that, do you think you'll see Dismember and Gataxian Probe? Yeah, that's a good point. If they're, I don't know if they would want Phyrexian Mana in the draft format is the thing. Like, having Dismember in the draft format would definitely cause significant considerations, and they are putting a heavy emphasis on this being a really fun set to draft. Especially with how fun Modern Masters 1 was to draft, they're going to put a lot of focus on draft environment in the second one as well. It still seems awkward to see Emrakul in the same set with Tarmogoyph. Like, i got to imagine Goryeo's Vengeance is getting reprinted in Through the Breach, maybe. I don't know about Goryeo's Vengeance, but I do think Through the Breach, and I also bet the uh, Tron lands, because I feel that's how they're going to... That's the thing, with printing the Eldrazi, they need a way for you to... And also Karn, too. Sure. They need a way for you to cast it in a draft environment. Mm-hmm. So the Tron lands are probably going to get reprinted, and I can see through the breach and uh, some other cheat into play cards get printed. I don't think Goyro's Vengeance will, though. The, the Tron lands make sense, and I've already heard people like begging for the foil Tron lands. Yeah, yeah, that, those would be sweet to have. What I'm surprised at is they spoiled Elishnorn, but they didn't spoil the other Praetors. Because Elishnorn's part of a cycle, too, but we haven't seen the other ones. Jingataxis is the other notable one. Yeah. Um, well, Shieldred is really good, too. Shieldred's really good. Also, the green one, Vor- Voraclix, he's good in Commander. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the red one's kind of the runt of the litter, but he's still good. All your creatures have haste. Mm. Um, you just got me thinking about something. I was a little surprised a while ago. Do you know what Voraclix is at? Nope, but I uh, have one, so I'm hoping it's a lot. Uh, near mint, out of stock on SCG is fifteen seventy five. Ooh, nice. Yeah, because I, I heard he was up a while ago, and it was due to like Commander. Yeah, almost. he's really good in Commander. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's really good anyway. But Commander seems, certainly seems like a good place for what? What does he do? He does like mana flare and what else? Well, it's uh, all your lands tap for an additional mana, and yeah. whenever your opponents tap a land for mana, they don't untap during their next untap steal. <laughs> That's right. So pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, alright, so maybe they pop Voronklex in, that might actually be pretty cute. Yeah, well, um, that would also lead towards the whole big mana for casting Eldrazi, too. The Praetors are expensive. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, uh, Jingataxis is 10 mana. Mm-hmm. It would be cool to have, uh, new art on the Praetors. Wow, this is even like a more fun set to draft now. <laughs> yeah. what we talk about. Oh, it. yeah, like just um, a huge battlecruiser magic. <laughs> well, the, so, I mean, what, two of the things that I'm, I'm... I'm happy to see Goblin Guide. Uh, I am hoping to see Magus of the Moon. Mm, that's what I feel is, for all the cards I already own that are getting reprinted and are going to lose value, there's two other cards that I don't own that I need and are going to be cheaper now for me to pick up. Like, I need Mox Opals. I need Cryptic Commands. I need Noble Hierarchs. I need an Ulamog. I need a Kozilek. What the hell are you doing with Mox Opals? I mean, Mox Opals are just good to have. Affinity, man. Affinity's a real deck. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a real deck. Uh, okay. So, Meltdown's a good card. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I, am, I am excited to see Noble Hierarch, because that's been the one thing that's... Uh, well, actually, apparently, 
Yeah, since I sold the Tarmogoyfs, the Noble Hierarch has been the one thing keeping me from Shardless Bant. Yeah, I kind of, I, the same with me. I would like to run, uh, Bant Colors again, but you really need those Noble Hierarchs. Also, if you ever want to run Infect, you need the Noble Hierarchs too. Mm-hmm. Um, Volumator Mage, I'm glad they're reprinting just because there's no reason a card like that should be however much it is. Like, I, it was like $40 last time I checked. Yeah, it's a creature wasteland. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's a creature wasteland that costs three. Okay, yeah. So it's not quite Wasteland. <laughs> no. No, it is not. <laughs> but it's good they're reprinting it, because there's no reason it should have been that expensive in the first place. Yeah, I think it was like 40 le- Yeah, it's still $40. It's $40. It's still $40, and SCG has one. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of disappointed they printed Tezzeret the Seeker. I prefer Agent of Bolas. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, but I, I haven't played enough with the Seeker, but I think that's because... Uh, Maybe I don't play enough Mox Opals, apparently. Any uh, guesses as far as what the other Planeswalkers are going to be? Mm, well, you're not really thinking they're going to unban Jace. Uh, no, oh no, definitely not Jace. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, last time we had Elspeth and... Oh, Sarkin. Uh, no, yeah, Sarkin the Mad. Right? Was it Sarkin? Isn't that his name, Sarkin the Mad? It was somebody the Mad. Well, I mean, Sarkin the Mad is the, is the card, but... Yeah, so then that was the one that was printed. It, it, Sark of the Mad was in Modern Masters 1? Wasn't it? Uh, I, I think know. that's the one I opened. I don't know, I opened some Planeswalker and been like, yeah, that's a nice fucking... I'm let's, never playing that thing. Let's take a look at the deepest recesses of the internet. <laughs> so we got Elspeth. Let's go back to Modern Masters Mythic Spoiler. And... Wait, oh yeah, Kiki Jiki was reprinted in Modern Masters. I forgot about that. Yep, and now this time we're getting Splinter Twin. <laughs> That's pretty fucking cute. Um, yeah, Sarkin, oh, Sarkin Vol was the one that was reprinted. Ah, uh, Sarkin Vol. I'm, so we got Tezzeret this time, and I'm guessing we're gonna get... Baby Paul, Jace? No, I'm thinking of Johnny. A Johnny? Yeah, a John, Johnny Vengeance? Yeah, Johnny Vengeance. Because we haven't seen that one in quite some time. Okay. I, I don't sure. really see it being reprinted in any other set since uh, Johnny's kind of taken a different direction. He's seen a lot of printings in mono white recently, so I don't see them bringing back a Johnny Vengeance anytime soon. Hmm. He also got the uh, dual deck printing uh, a while back, so I think he's due for another reprint, but not another reprint in a uh, in either a dual deck or a standard legal set. So I think I'm I'm putting my money on the Johnny Vengeance being the other Planeswalker that gets reprinted. So what do you think in the way of equipment? Like, if they're going to go through Phyrexia... Yeah, so that's it opens up Batterskull. Oh, yeah, even though they just did the... Okay, I guess... I mean, they yeah, they did it as a promo, but I don't think they would really take that into too much consideration. No, it's funny, because they did it as a promo and the price went up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, um, so, but like, uh, War and Peace... What's the other ones? Well, they already did the swords in the last Modern Masters. I don't think they would do the... Well, they only did half the swords, so maybe the other half of the swords? Yeah, because they only did the ones that were applicable to the previous set, right? Like Right, they didn't go up to the they new... Did, they did uh, Light and Shadow and Fire and Ice. Like, now yep. it actually opens up, what, War and Peace, Feast uh, and Famine? I think Feast and Famine was part of the other, because there's six total? I thought there's five. Five total? Ah, whatever the hell there is. Yeah, I, I can see them printing the swords they haven't printed yet. Like Feast and Famine from Modern Masters. And I think War and Peace. I think those are the only two I can think of. 
Yeah. Uh, no, Body and Mind. That's the one. Oh yeah, yeah. They're not. Gonna, I don't. I don't think they do Body and Mind in Limited. Yeah, it is pretty broken in Limited. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good card in Limited, especially when you get it with Jason Cube, Baby Jace. <laughs> you don't. You don't think they'd reprint Baby Jace? Uh, I do, just not in this set because they already have Tezzeret. They're not going to have two blue Planeswalkers in the same set. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. Um. So, I don't know about you, I'm excited to see Charm going for the foil emblem. That, that makes me excited. Yeah, I, I'm really wondering what's going to be worth more, the Modern Masters 2 Tarmogoyf with the foil emblem, or the Modern Masters 1 Tarmogoyf without the foil emblem? Uh, I don't think the foil emblem's going to change, going to dictate the price at all. I just want it with the foil. No change? Okay. I don't, I don't think so. I don't know, Adrian, if you want it with the foil, there's probably someone else that wants it with the foil, and if enough people think that way... That's how uh, supply and demand's created. Well, then, shit. Guess who gets Future Sight once half price? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. Um, so if you had to pick one card that you're most expe- uh, ex- excited about being reprinted, which one is it out of the spoiler we've seen? Um, I don't know, man. There are some good ones. There are some good ones. I think I'd, it's probably a toss-up between Tarmogoyf and Noble Hierarch. Well, I'm talking about the new batch. Tarmogoyf was, was the cream of the crop. <laughs> okay, well then I guess that just puts it at Noble Hierarch. Noble Hierarch, yeah. I actually was pretty excited to see uh, Ulameg because I need an Ulameg. Oh yeah? Uh, too bad I could have got you one. Aww. Oh well. And then Karn, I can get some more Karn, so that's cool. But yeah, mm. I think it's I think it's be good. I, I have my box lined up already, so... I, I, I'm interested to see Dark Confidence price come down, Tarmogorf's price come down, Noble Hierarch's price come down. Yeah. And, and I do want to pick up a couple of clicks. You don't have clicks, do you? I have two clicks. Uh, how frequently do you play them? Uh, not too frequently. Uh, I'd like to either borrow or trade for them if possible. Yeah. Because I want to try to jam them into the food chain deck and see. Because I don't think I'm going to end up playing 10 at SCG. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I do want to, I do want to give, I think, I may be up for trading them because I haven't decided which ones, what art I like better, the new art or the old art. You know, so and there was a whole big stir about the click with, uh, what the hell was it, the Edge Champion playmat? And then they're like, well, if you don't like that, oh, I'll trade yeah. you the click playmat. <laughs> I heard about that. That Yeah, so the Edge Champion is the official playmat of the GP, and it's terrible. No one wanted it. <laughs> so they're like, okay, we also have this Vendillion click tr- uh, playmat that you can trade for. But yeah, did you see the, the stipulation? Yeah, did you see the stipulation on it? It has to be the Saturday morning or something on I, day two. I thought it was Sunday morning. Sunday Maybe morning from nine a.m. to noon is yeah. the window that you can trade it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, that's. Uh, I think they were just saying that to save face so, and hope that no one actually shows up to turn in the playmats for the Vendayan Click ones. Because the Click playmats look a hell of a lot better than the uh, Etch Champion ones. Well, yeah, Etch Champions, like, I don't even fucking know why they bothered to... Like, that was the first spoiler of the set, like, get excited for Modern Masters, it's Etch Champion. It yeah, doesn't make any sense to me. I think they did it because when I look at that art, it looks like it, it looks like a trophy. Like it looks like an award for some Teen Choice Awards night. Yeah. Um. So I think they were trying to go for that, like the playmat's your trophy, and but it just it's not good. We don't want trophies on our playmat. We want sweet art. And actually, it it does make me a little bit curious. Uh, you know, playmat to playmat, 
what actually retains longer, higher value, the click of the Dark Confidant. It's probably the click. What I was thinking is everyone turns in their Vin- their Etch Champion playmats for Vendillion Click playmats. No one has Etch Champion playmats anymore, and it turns into a collector's item overnight. The hmm. same way that there's uh, there's the Squirrel playmat that's two hundred dollars because it was for a GP that got 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 hit with a blizzard. So oh, yeah. was able to make it to the GP, so no one got the playmat, and it's like one of the rarest playmats you can get. Hmm. Hmm. So I, I wonder if that situation could arise with the Etch Champion playmats, where everyone gets rid of it, and then a year down the line, it's super rare, and then people want it for the fact of it being rare, not because it looks cool. I still, uh, I still like the, what the hell was it? Was it the, it was like a vintage weekend, they actually had the new art Tarmogoyf playmat. Eternal Weekend? Yeah, Eternal Weekend. Eternal yeah. Weekend usually has some really good playmats. Uh, the year before that was Crucible of Worlds, which is a beautiful piece of artwork. Hmm. Uh, I remember back in the day, because that was, uh, Crucible of Worlds was a player-created card. I remember uh-huh. logging on uh, to the Wizards homepage to vote, you know, first they had us vote on the card type, uh, then they had us vote on the card text, then they had us yep. vote on the flavor text and the art. I remember going through all the steps of that and seeing, like, the concept sketch for Crucible of Worlds and then seeing the final art on the card. Mm-hmm. Just, I would love that play, Matt. Such a such amazing artwork on that piece of art. Mm. Yeah, I know the most recent was uh, Waste Knot. Oh, really? That was the most recent one? Well, Waste Knot, Waste Knot was a... Uh, oh, player created. I thought you were yeah. saying that was the most recent uh, play, Matt. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, no, that was the most recent uh, player-created uh, card. Yeah, so far, and that's almost five dollars. Yeah, I'm surprised that doesn't see more play because I can see someone breaking that. I'm surprised it doesn't see less play. <laughs> like I, you know, when it, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, this card's gonna be really fucking good because at the time of playing Thoughtseize, him to Turrac, like I was doing Shardless Bug, I'm like, yeah, I'll jam one of those in there. Yeah, but like it hasn't really done anything, and then I I was selling them, and I'm like, wow, these are five dollars now. Yeah, I guess casual players love them. Okay, sure. And, like, I mean, I guess, I don't know if it gets used in that, what's the modern deck, 8-rack? Yeah, 8-rack, it's like the modern version of Smallpox. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, man, is there, I guess the only, yeah, I think what I'm really excited for is Noble Hierarch as a reprint, and uh, yeah, second be Goblin Guide. Yeah, just so I can run uh, Blue-Red uh, Delver to its fullest. Maybe do blue red stifle not. Do you remember that deck Jay was playing? What yeah. Did, oh my god, I've been wanting to put that together so bad, but I won't bite the bullet and get goblin guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, blue red delver before treasure cruise was printed. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, is that what that was? I mean, that was like. Yeah, he, it was just it was like eight moons. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was back moons. to the moon, side it out, <laughs> and the blood moon comes in. That deck was yeah. just oh. It, it was it was freaky to anybody playing twelve post. It was freaky to anybody playing bug, and even even me like he had to keep a counter spell in order to stop tin fins. But if he landed a blood moon, I couldn't do anything. Yeah, blood that, moon is a hell of a card. Oh my yeah, and we play eight of them. <laughs> I'm interested to see if uh, blood moon gets another reprint because that's back up to twenty five dollars for white border copies. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. Uh, that's a good point. And I actually, you know what? 
That would be really weird if they put Urzalands and Blood Moon yeah. in the draft format. <laughs> I almost feel they wouldn't because they don't want to piss people off who draft the Eldrazi strategy and then get blown out by a Blood Moon. That would be crazy. So uh, although that's a good point. Probably wouldn't happen in that case. Or I suppose they could put Crows and Grip in. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't really get rid of a Blood Moon the way you'd like. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Well, I speak not Crows and Grip, but uh, Crows and... What's the Manor Ramp card? It's like Crows and something. Actually, if they're doing Tezzer with the Seeker, you think they do the Signets? Mm, yeah. I mean, it works with the Urza Lands, it works with the Eldrazi. I definitely see them being there being a Manor Ramp strategy. Because Mana Ramp's one of the most popular cube strategies, and I know they draw heavily on cube for sure. these types of uh, sets, these special sets. Well, so they I have to for the Eldrazi anyway, right? Yeah, I can definitely see them including the Signets. Hmm. All right. So anyway, that's probably enough spoilers. Like, um, I don't know, man. Like the the once that once all this stuff got dumped, I started to get actually a little more excited about this. Yeah, definitely. I think they should have done it even sooner. People have been complaining that uh, we've been going a while without any news from Modern Masters, because it's less than a month away now. Is it? Yeah, it's uh, coming out in 25 days. I thought, isn't, isn't Origins coming out before it? Is yeah, it or- like a week. That's the thing, is Modern Masters is not in the normal, uh, like the normal cycle. G- so, GP so Modern we- Masters is May 25th or something like that. So, alright, alright. Now I'm, I'm lost. Um... I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm excited, and I want to see Tarmogoyfs hit the shelves. Um, but I'm, I'm lost. So, M- Magic Origins is coming out before Modern Masters by a week. Uh, I mean, don't quote me on that. I should say on the recorded podcast. <laughs> well, I, I don't even care. They're so close together, and there's still only one card spoiled for Origins. Yeah, that's true. Let's see. Um. Well, I lied. Origins is coming out July 17th. I don't know who, where I heard... Oh, so Modern Masters is coming out before Origins. Yeah, Modern Masters is coming out before Origins by... Oh. Oh, that's what it... Modern Masters is coming out before Origins two weeks before. Speaking of playing Legacy, I've been playing the hell out of the Grixis control list that won the SCG. Now, is it... Is that like your deck, Faden deck from before? Uh, a little bit. It's more tempo-orientated than control-orientated. So my version was running three deck, Faden, three Jace, the Mind Sculptor. This okay. one's down to only one of each. Huh. Um, it added Snapcaster Mages, where I didn't have them before because I didn't like the way they ran with the dig-through times, but okay. I was mistaken. I was just didn't really appreciate the fact of being able to flashback something for value, whilst you fill, you just fill your graveyard up so quickly that it doesn't it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> in the late game, I will snap in and flashback and dig through time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it, it runs a split two Snapcaster, two Baleful Strix. So I like that because the Baleful Strix is really good against the Tarmogoyf decks. Okay, it runs a one of Tassiger and then four dig through times. And even though that's more than my Esper list, this one runs better because it's running four Thought Scour. The Thought Scours do a lot for filling up your graveyard. Thought Scour plus Delve spells is basically a Dark Ritual in blue. 
Yeah, you were saying that before. Yeah. Just, you know, put two cards into your graveyard. Thought Scour itself goes to your graveyard. Your Dig Through Time now costs three less to cast. Yeah, I just don't know that I can really compare that to Dark Ritual. It works. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it, but it works only on the one spell. Yeah, it also it's running. It runs one of my favorite underplayed legacy combos of uh, Gitaxian Probe and Cabal Therapy. You think that's underplayed? Yeah, people don't really play it that often. It, not for as much for as they should. It gets it sees play in some ad nauseum decks, but other than that, it doesn't really see much play. All right, ten fins. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Popular decks. Right, right, right. Popular. Ahem, ahem. Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> but, I mean, it could definitely see more play. It's blue and black. Do you know how many blue and black decks there are? And it only sees play in one or two of them? Oh, yeah? Okay, we'll uh, we'll mention that in a second. Yeah, I do know of another blue and black deck, actually. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, was running it, I was running that combo back in the Veteran Explorer combo deck, but... Yeah, I know, you like that. Yeah, oh my God, that's why I love it. Out, you were ramping out so Karn and value. Legacy, that was awesome. So much value, Gitaxian Probe you, Cabal Therapy you, <laughs> Sack the uh, Veteran Explorer, I just hit twice, <laughs> and I ramped two lands out. <laughs> Good game, sir. Good turn game. To, turn to Karn. <laughs> turn to Karn. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Oh, man. Uh, not that crazy. Turn three, Karn. Turn three, Karn. <laughs> that was awesome seeing you play Karn, man. That's, that's a card that does not get enough legacy play. Yeah. Uh, I should put that deck back together now that Ugin's been printed. Ugin didn't even exist back then. I'm, st- I'm curious how Aaron's been doing with Ugin lately. Uh, Ugin's real good. I've been yeah, playing... He likes Ugin a lot. Well, he likes... I've been playing Ugin, Ugin in Ugin. Standard. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Leaving a Standard. Leaving Jerry's a Standard. I'm going to tell you about his blue-white dragon. Uh, guys, Esper Dragons is the real deal. <laughs> if you want to play Legacy in Standard, play Esper Dragons. <laughs> Thoughtseize, Dig Through Time, Counterspell. <laughs> well, no, there's no Counterspell. Yeah, you basically have Silumgard Scorn is basically Counterspell. I have no idea what that does. Yeah, it's it's counterspell. Okay. Right. <laughs> two, two white counter target spell? No, nope, two blue. <laughs> two blue? Yeah, if you control... Oh, I did say two white, didn't I? What the fuck is the two white legacy counterspell? <laughs> yep, if you control a dragon, it's counterspell. Otherwise, it's four spike. But you pretty much always have a dragon. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> well, you can also reveal a dragon in your hand. Uh, is it it's base. It's counterspell. Nine, <laughs> 99% of the time, it's counterspell. It has never not worked for me. Hmm. Yeah, I I just I don't do standard. <laughs> it's but it's legacy. You're no playing idea. legacy and standard. Anyways, uh, back to legacy. This deck has been awesome. I've been tearing it up on Magic Online with it. Yeah, I want to get some more. I want to get some games in with Dak Faden. Yeah, Dak Faden is just so good. Oh, it was awesome. I was playing Twelve Post the other day, and I stole his Candelabra with t- uh, Dak Faden. <laughs> 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 it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> huh. yep. Did he run, did he run it out before you dropped Dak? Is that what? Yeah, I mean? he ran okay, out. He right. ran out candelabra. I can't see, I can't see dropping candelabra no. in the face of Dak. <laughs> yeah, he ran out. He ran out candelabra, and then I responded with a Dak fade in, which was <laughs> awesome because he 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 was like three cloud posts, uh, so he definitely had mana to yeah. cast something huge, and mm-hmm. I stole the uh, candelabra before he could get that Emrakul in play. And this was on Moto. This was on Moto. Candelabra is like forty-five cents on Moto. It's awesome. <laughs> is it? Oh my god! Wow. All right. Jeez. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about playing Moto now. <laughs> hey, Moto, Adrian. <laughs> Candelabras are forty-five cents. You drink, know, in, drink the Kool-Aid. Drink well, it. It's, it's the interesting thing that I found with Legacy is like 
you know, a while ago I picked up candelabras when they were cheap, per her anyway, and then like, uh, feline, one with high tide, and the card, like, went through the roof. I mean, candelabra's always been a really expensive card, but it did go up. They hit, they hit over 300 and I sold them for more than I bought them for. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, what's that, is that Antiquities it was in? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, Antiquities and Legends, those cards just worth a shit ton. Same with, uh, uh, Tabernacle. Oh god. That thing's like 500, isn't it? Yeah, I remember, uh, Josh, uh, Josh Sissio, uh, local player, he had two Tabernacles. And he traded one for a moat because they were both four hundred, and mm-hmm. that tabernacle proceeded to double in price. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I mean, tabernacle's really good against the Delver decks, apparently. Ah, uh, yeah, it's real good against the Young Pyromancer decks. Oh god, yeah, and, and elves <laughs> and <laughs> uh, folk. That is the thing. I played this Grixis control list against uh, against lands, and lands just crushes this deck. Are you playing Young Pyromancer? Yeah, yeah, oh, four, okay. four Young Pyromancer. Yeah, I, I left that part out. There's four Young Pyromancer. And, uh, yeah, Tabernacle shuts down Young Pyromancer pretty well. Now, I, I just out of curiosity, because I've been thinking about this, and I know you were doing something like this a while ago. Um, if you got Dak Faden, I mean, are you playing, or... Is, I, I think you were doing it in the past. Goblin Welder and Baleful Strix? Uh... I mean, Goblin Welder and Baleful Strix uh, work together, anyways. But what do you? I don't. What do you mean? Are you, are you, play, are you playing that in your deck right now? No. Are you doing no any sort, you're not doing any sort of Goblin Welder at all. No, that's that's not part of this Grixis control list. This this one's just you know more finely tuned. The Goblin Welder Baleful Strix deck was more of a, a cute you know fun deck where I jammed all the win conditions. Because were, were you were you playing Doretti in that? Yeah, I was playing Doretti, I was also playing uh, Thopter Foundry, uh, Goblin Welder, plus Entomb for Worm Coil Engine, so you would keep welding out Worm Coil Engine and Baleful Strixes to draw cards and make three tokens. <laughs> Seems like such a bad way to play an Entomb. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it was it was very cutesy, but it was super fun. Also, Dak Faden plus uh, Chains of Mephistopheles. <laughs> Yeah, the, but that that was uh, the Grixis uh, artifact deck I was running a while ago, but I took that apart when ter- tournament season ran- rolled around because I knew I wasn't going to take that to any serious tournaments. Okay. Yeah, and I have I have two different legacy mindsets. I have legacy is an awesome format, and I'm going to do all these really cool things in it. And then there's there's thousands of dollars on the line. I want to win me some money. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's, you know, I, I've been debating it. That's probably why I'm not going to take Tin Fins to SCG. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think Providence would have been, I mean, sh- I really still think Providence would have been a place to play Tin Fins. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where, where Green White 12 post is in the top eight, I really think Tin Fins should have been there. Yeah, so much death and taxes in that meta. It, it's oh true. It's because Providence is a one day legacy tournament, whereas SCG Worcester is going to be a two day legacy tournament. So. I've I've said it before, with these uh, glass cannon combo decks, you're benefited in a shorter tournament because your luck can hold out over a shorter number of rounds. But when you're stretching it out into 11 rounds, your chances go down for each round that's added on that you have to play in. I'm sure, I'm sure you get a point there, but I'm not even looking at it as a one-day, two-day. I'm looking at it as, like, uh, on, on a sense that, like, GP Kyoto had, a, like, a, a bulk of Omni Show decks that made 
day two, that just there's, there's going to be an increase in force of will now that like the 12 post and all the just aggro whatever decks have been. It seems like it seems like the fair decks have been doing better to beat yeah. out the Delver decks. So like now the combo is going to start coming back by the time SCG Worcester starts to hit. I just don't think it's going to be a time to play Tinfins. I I definitely agree with that prediction because so I I'm, I'm thinking like I I may want to sleep up and get the practice with either Elves or Merfolk. Ah, uh, Merfolk's pretty well positioned right now. I'd say I love Merfolk. Yeah. Has game think, against the Delver decks, has game against the combo decks. I think it's the most fun deck to play a true name nemesis in. Uh, yeah, that or Esper, just because I love giving true name nemesis batter skull. Well, yeah, I mean, that's always good. You know, <laughs> I, I, just, I just like having any true name nemesis get pumped up by any lord on the field. <laughs> uh, I would love for them to print a merfolk lord that gave all merfolk lifelink. I think that would bring merfolk back in a huge way. That would be strange. <laughs> well, no, Merfolk is a... Merfolk in uh, Lorwyn uh, went into a predominantly blue-white role, so it's totally foreseeable that they could give lifelink to Merfolk. Yeah, but they just have to shard Merfolk together again. Or, like, it would have guild them. I don't know. Yeah. They'd, ha- they'd have to do, like, Azorius Merfolk, which would be... Weird. Right, well, but that's a thing. Like, there's plenty of uh, white Merfolk. Yeah, but, the th- like, one of the one of the benefits to Merfolk is that, aside from Wasteland and Meta Vault, you are really immune to a Blood Moon in a Wasteland. Yeah, it's a mono-blue deck, which is... It's good. power. Right, but it's also opening yourself up to white. It also gives you power. It lets you run swords to plowshares. It um, lets you be weak to stifle on a fetch. Ah, but... It- you know what? Trade-offs, man. Trade-offs. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll I'll stick without the lifelink. I mean, when I, was playing, <laughs> when I was playing Merfolk, I splashed black for a Dark Confidant, because that's when... <laughs> yeah, but you played Dark Confidant with Emrakul. <laughs> I played Dark Confidant and everything. <laughs> but no, it was... Because yeah, I noticed when I was playing Merfolk, um, the games I lost were the games where I ran out of gas. You know, they got a Wrath, or they got too many two-for-ones off on me, and I wasn't able to come back. With Dark Confidant, that lets you claw your way back in the game and rekindle that card advantage. Well, some of it's knowing how to time the deck out. Like, like against you know against Miracles, for example, you got to look out for Terminus. You got to look out for Supreme Verdict. Just don't dump all your creatures out. Right. You, know, you don't want to dump out. You don't want to run all your creatures out to a board wipe. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's kind of one on one one o one with the deck. But sometimes it's not even just getting board wiped. It's just getting two for one. You know, just combat tricks. You know, block. Well, yeah, but uh, you don't really get combat tricks affecting Merfolk because most of the times you're island walking them. Well, no, but that's the thing: is you have a Lord of Atlantis out, you swing in with a Merfolk because they have a Tarmogoyf. You think your creatures are unblockable? They swords or lightning bolt your Lord of Atlantis. All of a sudden, oh, your Merfolk don't have island walk. They block with the Tarmogoyf. You just got two for one. Yeah, I haven't been seeing many people playing Kira Glass Spinner in a while. Yeah, that's yeah. See, that was a really good card in that deck, but it, it's definitely fallen off. But you know what I do like? I still, I've always liked Luan Cephalid Empress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's the... always been good against True Name Nemesis decks. Yeah. Um, no, it's actually cool that I've been seeing a little bit of, and I think would probably fit really well into, uh, Merfolk is Monastery Siege. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a card that I think hasn't seen enough play at all. At, at all. Right, cause I could, that could definitely, um, uh, fill in the role that Glass Spinner had. Um, it, it, it's, sure. it's not as good, but it's also not as, um, susceptible to create, like, board wipes. 
Minus the receipt, sure, because it's not targeting your creature. It's it, not targeting your permanent. You're just wiping the board. Well, no, that's the thing is that with uh, Glass Spinner, if you Wrath, Glass Spinner didn't do anything to protect it. But the fact that Monastery Siege is an enchantment, it sticks oh, oh, to protect the okay. creatures that you follow up with it. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and against and if you know the matchup that you're facing, you can always just use it as a Howling Mine. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's never a dead card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like I like it in other like. I was thinking about it even in maybe just a, like a mono blue omni show, or is there some way that I want to jam this just as some sort of, I mean, bad example would be like a personal fucking Sylvan Library type thing. I mean, it's not as good as Sylvan Library, but, you know, where it just has versatility, and it's blue. <laughs> is there yeah. something I wanted to do with it? Oh, also it spells that target you, too. I read, huh? I didn't read that. Oh, that's really good. Well, yeah, against some burn decks, yeah. I actually saw Corbin Hostler uh, from Brainstorm Brewery Podcast. He's a big Merfolk uh, fan, and he uh, top-aided uh, States with a Merfolk deck running Monastery Siege. Sure. Sure. It's good. I mean, in some ways, it's got to be better than Standstill. Um, In the right matchups, yeah, because it can protect your creatures as well as provide that card advantage role that Standstill gives you. I could be placed a Standstill with it. I yeah, can see that. I could totally see that. I... I Definitely think Monastery Siege is legacy playable. It just hasn't really found a home. Yeah, yeah, it just hasn't been played yet. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, oh man, that, that also protects you against uh, Burn. Mm-hmm. All your opponent's Lightning Bolts cost two more to cast. Yeah, but you're playing fucking Merfolk. You're not really worried about Burn. Um, They can race you. Uh, Your creatures will smash them. I, th- I really, I really don't think burn is is bad against fucking merfolk. You're gonna daze and counterspell them early anyway. Yeah. You know, and, and by the time that they start getting your life total down, your lords are five fives. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they they do have to make tough decisions between killing your lords and killing you. You bet, and the curse catcher helps that out. Yeah, curse catcher's a hell of a card. <laughs> it's really fucking. I like, dude. There was some. I don't. I don't know if I ever told you about this, but you remember that blue red omni show deck I was playing for a while? Yeah. I'm really thinking I should put that back together first off because I haven't seen enough Rishadon ports and that deck is fucking scary. Yeah. Um, but like I had a matchup one day playing against Nick and uh, I don't know if I ever told you about this. I cast Show and Tell and it resolved. I put in Omniscience and he put in Hive Mind. <laughs> Curse Catch is great against Hive Mind because it's not a spell. It's one of the few ways you can counter the Hive Mind spell without getting your opponent to copy the counter spell. Sure, but Hive Mind is miserable against Omniscience. Every time I cast something, he gets a copy first. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that includes Enter the Infinite, that includes Burning Wish, that includes Cutting Wish, that includes... I'm like, oh my god, I can't even brainstorm, he's going to start getting packed out. I'm like, what the hell is this? It was, that, was, that, that was the most unexpectedly miserable matchup. I ever had resolving a combo. Oh, yeah. Like I, I, if I, we were running, uh, if we were running Merfolk at the time, your curse catchers would have stopped it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I wouldn't have cast the show and tell. <laughs> hey, I don't know your Merfolk list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you could go Lord of Atlantis show and tell Grizzlebrand. <laughs> <laughs> did, did I ever tell you about the? Oh, so here's once upon a time, right? I'm playing elves, and uh, I don't know if you know Ryan, but so one of the guys. Uh, um, one of the guys I was playing Legacy with, I haven't seen him around in a while, I kind of miss him, but um, I was playing Elves, and I had uh, a couple of cards, and he walked up behind me. Now, Ryan is, um, he's an avid Merfolk and Elves player, and like his combo deck, he'll play Cheerios, which <laughs> is yeah. hilarious. Love eat the balls of Kirk Heap. <laughs> oh my god, is um, 
so he walked up behind me and I'm playing elves and he just kind of looked at my hand he goes what is that doing in your hand and uh, I'm like Shh, uh, you'll see in a second you'll see in a second and I'm playing elves and all of a sudden I cast Eureka and I, I put down Jace the Mind Sculptor uh, <laughs> and he's like what the hell are you doing what is this elves list <laughs> he saw Jace in my, in my hand in my elves deck he's like what is that doing in your hand? <laughs> like, that's, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry Wait, about why it. did you cast Jerika to put Jason play? They're the same cost. <laughs> because. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll roll with it. <laughs> yeah, because because I was just screwing around with some cards. I'm like, let me see what kind of weird stuff I can make happen. Uh, I wish I had Eurekas. They spiked up. I thought about getting them when they were down down to like forty dollars, and then I saw they were up to like ninety bucks the other day. Yeah, I got them cheap. They spiked and I sold them. And that was like, and the only reason I really wanted them was because they said E equals MC squared on it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my god. They're at $120 on Star City Games right now. Yeah, that's the green blue show and tell deck. That, that, thing, that thing is, dude, <laughs> there's a few people that have been screwed around with Eureka show and tell and omniscience. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's the hypergenesis deck. Uh, it runs. No. It's green blue. It runs shardless, oh, shardless agent, agent. Shardless oh. agent into hypergenesis as a, and then it runs Eureka and show and tell as uh, you know plans B and C. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that show and tell is your plan C is pretty pretty funny. <laughs> sure, but like I mean, the thing with hypergenesis is, that, um, you know, that's a deck with you need a whole bunch of stuff that you just can't cast if you don't resolve it. Like like. With, uh, I mean, Emrakul, Omniscience, what the hell was the other stuff they were playing for a while? Was it Maelstrom Wanderer? Uh, oh, yeah, when I was running the four-color version of the deck. Yeah, it was really awkward. Everything was just so big, and you weren't going to cast it. You needed to resolve a Shardless Agent. Yeah, there were a lot of dead draws with that deck. Yeah, that deck was really awkward. I, it did it did top eight a couple SCGs, but I think most of those wins came from the fact that people didn't understand with Shardless Agent. You don't co- counter the Shardless Agent. You counter the thing it cascades into. I wonder if that's why Stifle went so high at that time, too. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, because you can Stifle the cascade trigger. Yeah, Stifle was like 20, then it went to 40, then it got uh, the conspiracy reprint, and it went back down to 20. Or, no, actually Stifle, 15 now. Stifle, I, Stifle, I think, was higher than that, too. I remember Stifle's Stifle. a good card. Stifle, <laughs> Stifle's so good. Yeah, it was, it was pretty expensive for a while. I don't even think I ever, yeah, I didn't even told you about that either. I was playing against somebody who had a JSON board and they kept fate sealing me, fate sealing me, fate sealing me. They went to I, uh, Ultimate and I stifled it. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that before too. It's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. I think they fate sealed something at the bottom and I top deck stifled and I held it till they went to Ultimate. Good. <laughs> that was, that was, uh, that was interesting. I love stifle. I love yeah. trick buying too. I caught somebody in modern. You know, we were playing a game, and they were doing some sort of blue-white control deck or whatever, and I went to attack with some merfolk, and they went to animate the Celestial Colony, and I cast Trickbind. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just killed them. Good. Was, oh, my God. I love Trickbind. But Stifle's yeah. good enough. I mean, Stifle's better. <laughs> well, Stifle's better for Legacy. But yeah. Trickbind... The, the, the fact that you can't interact with, interact with Trickbind... Uh, is yeah, it's not to be missed. <laughs> the split second is pretty huge. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so and aside from that, another deck that's good for Trickbind was uh, any of the uh, Stifle Knot. Perhaps <laughs> I was thinking any of the blue versions of Omni Show. And, and you know, for a while it was I cast Show and Tell. I put in Omniscience. You put in Oblivion Ring. Well, now I need Cutting Wish to Trickbind. 
You yeah. Know? Uh, well, does yeah? I guess that works. Yeah, they're they're both in play. Okay, yeah, that does work. Yeah, I mean that's why the Burning Wish version of Omni Show that I was playing a while ago, I, I started playing Burning Wish and Cunning Wish mm-hmm. because I just wanted Trick Bind and Intuition in the sideboard because then I could Cunning Wish for Intuition, Intuition for Burning Wish, Burning Wish for Petals of Insight or Living Wish and get Ulamog or whatever, and like that, that had so many lines of play. It just, was yeah, instant speed them. Well, I could instant speed into sorcery speed, or I can instant speed answer to what they just did to the omniscience. But I, like, I saw some lists were running Quicken too. Yes, and and that's why. I, so for a while, I've been wanting to put together a blue black deck that actually used quick and thought seize. like in, in your draw step, quick and thought seize during my turn, cast show and tell. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the fact that Quicken says draw a card on it just makes it so good. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that would make Quicken better is if it was Phyrexian mana. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I think any card would be better if it was Phyrexian mana. <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing I was thinking about a while ago was to try to, like, when I started getting uh, hosed to port, and this was a while ago, but when Death and Taxes started getting bigger, port was being played more, and that's when the red-blue Omni Show deck, I had to put it down. Um, when I started being hosed to port more, I started thinking about actually playing Leyline of Anticipation. Like, because <laughs> I just wanted, I'm like, this is really bad. And I started thinking about doing quick and thought seize, um, because that would at least let me quick and show and tell if I needed to. But the, uh. I wonder if there's ever been an instant speed discard spell. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually this, one of these new commands that's in standard, I believe. Oh, really? There's a discard one? Yeah. I don't know the name of it because I don't play standard, but I was just. <laughs> Is there any good instant speed discard spells? I don't think so, otherwise you probably would have seen them. Oh, sure, I imagine. Yeah, but I think it's like instant speed, but target player chooses and discards a card. Yeah, actually, what the hell was that? Piracy charm? Uh, yeah. Uh, piracy charm. Let's see. Planar Chaos, 30 cents. Instant target creature gains island walk until end of turn, or target creature gets plus two, minus one. Or target player discards a card. So it's instant speed, one blue, discard a card, but the player chooses. That's so weird, it's a blue spell that says discard a card. Yeah, I know, I know. And I've, I've thought about using it a few times, like... And I still I still think about using it. I mean, a careful study sorcery, so, you know, I take whatever. But, um... So yeah, there is an instant speed discard, and it's, uh... Still not the best. <laughs> yeah... But, um, so, so I've been thinking about it for a while as making a blue-black Omni-Show deck. And, uh, so I was on Twitter... So you can run Dark Confidant in it. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I could run Quick and Thoughtseize. Uh, Dark Confidant, man. Dark Confidant. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually so I can run, uh, Show and Tell Omniscient's Grizzlebrand. Ah! And just draw a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love Grizzlebrand. But, um, uh, I was actually, so I was on Twitter earlier with Chris Chichney, or Chichi, or Chichi. I'm not even sure how he says his last name, but, um, I, I think it's Christopher Chichi. You're just gonna and, butcher it on air anyways. <laughs> and, I believe he took first place with his blue black Omni show list. Okay, and, uh, nice. Yeah, so I asked him to send me the link because I don't know if you remember me telling you about this, but a while ago there was a, uh, they called it Helmline Shell. It was from 2011. There was a blue black deck. Oh, uh, yeah, it was we, like Leyline of the Void plus Helm of Obedience. Plus Emrakul plus Show and Tell. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been, I've, it, it hasn't been modified, you know, to include Grizzlebrand or Omniscience or any, like, and I've been wanting to take that try to learn from it, see where I go with it. 
And uh, so he sent me his Blue Black Omni Show list, which really looks like it just splashes for Thought Season Massacre with two copies of Underground Sea. Mm-hmm. You know, um, aside from, I mean, it looks it looks pretty much like the rest of the Omni Show decks. Um, you know, where most of them are mono blue, the set just has a light splash to black. And um, and I've been noticing, you know, there's a lot of people that are actually running two Emrakuls, and and I don't know, is he? Uh, he does not keep the release the ants kill in the sideboard. Um, I know some of the decks like stopped running into the infinite. You know he's not using into the infinite. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them stopped using into the infinite and they started to just brainstorm Emrakul to the top of the deck and then get release the ants. But he's not doing release the ants either. And uh, you know I think I think he kind of mentioned it's. I mean certainly something I'm a fan of is taking out one Emrakul for one Grizzlebrand. I I just. Oh, the only thing better than Grizzlebrand on the field is an open omniscience with him. <laughs> Draw seven, play seven. Draw seven, play seven. <laughs> and anything that says wish on it. <laughs> like, oh, man. Uh, so I've been wanting to put it together, so he sent me his list so I could uh, take a look at it and try to... Uh, I'm curious to see if it actually inspires me to do stuff with it. I, I do like uh, I do like his list. Um, but I... It's it's just I might go back to that red blue Omni show just for a little while because I haven't seen enough ports and I think that was the one card that really screwed me over was when Death and Taxes started getting big and I started seeing more ports. Yeah, I really don't know what I want to play now. I I'm still on Bug just because I have it sleeved up, but uh, I was kind of discouraged by SCG Providence. So. Why is that? Oh, 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 I mean, she, went, she went 0-2 drop. Yeah, but I mean, it, granted it was 0-2 drop against two out-of-left-field decks. Death and Taxes, which was more normal, but then Zombardment. <laughs> okay. And the fact that, like, I lost both games, game three, uh, with my opponent on one and two life, mm. it was just, it was very tilt tilting. So I'm going to give it another try, but I do kind of want to spice things up a little bit, but... You're right, it is time to start settling in on a deck for uh, SCG uh, Worcester, because that's going to be big. Yeah, i got to start getting some practice in the grind. And I love Tidfins, but I don't think that's going to be... It's kind of unfortunate, but I don't think that's going to be the deck I'm going to play. Yeah, maybe I'll play this uh, Grixis deck. It's just... It's it's really hard. It, it's a gut-wrenching feeling when you sit down at a big tournament, round one, and you're like, did I make the right choice? Yeah. Because it's yeah. it's hard sitting down, you you it's you shouldn't think about it this way, but it's almost impossible not to. When you pick up your first loss to that tournament, you think to yourself, "Would I have lost this match if I was playing this other deck?" And the answer well, is almost always no. Well, you know, and here's, you know what, you know what's actually, for me, you know what's actually kind of a worse feeling. It's like somewhere around round five or seven when you're in that wild, wild west zone. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're playing against somebody and you lost, uh, like maybe game two or three, and they put a Mist Hollow Griffin under a Chrome Mox. And you're like, <laughs> the fuck am I even playing against? <laughs> the deck that you want to play, Food Chain. <laughs> uh, that doesn't play Chrome Mox, does it? Uh, I've seen them run Chrome Mox for that very reason. You can put the Mist Hollow Griffin underneath it. And then whenever you need the Mistal Griffin, you can cast the Mistal Griffin. All right. Well, he wasn't doing food chain. Oh well, he could have. It could have yeah. been food chain. Yeah, it just wasn't. It was like it was just the most. Yeah, it was. It was awkward. But anyway, 
anyway, so, uh, with all that being said, um, yeah, I gotta try to figure out what I actually wanna be playing for SCG, and I am looking forward to playing this weekend, even though I'm not exactly sure what I'm gonna play this weekend. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I missed this weekend, I'm going down to the big city of New York. Why? Uh, going to a birthday party down there. Alright, so, I don't know, was there anything else? No, I think we we had a good episode. Talked about a lot of stuff today. Yeah, it was a long gamut. It was cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I want to actually... All right, so then, what about top eights? Um, man. Anybody you want to scoop in a top eight? You want me to go first? Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm, I'm going to scoop into top eight. And I'm going to start with... Uh, Tom's Card Kingdom in Oklahoma. <laughs> That'll catch somebody out of left field. Uh, did you accept a sponsorship payment and not tell me? <laughs> nope, not at all. No, this is this is you know this is this shit's all voluntary, buddy. Um, no, no, one of the uh, one of the guys said uh, Jay Bussinger. His shop held his it, <clears throat> his local shop held its second Legacy tournament on Saturday. Oh, awesome! Yeah, so. Uh, um, so, <clears throat> we were talking about it a little bit, and this, the shop was Tom's Card Kingdom in Oklahoma. So I just wanted to scoop in a top eight, you know, the shop that I acknowledge is playing Legacy. And I yeah, that's no, that's awesome. awesome. Expanding the community is always a good thing. So, no, that was not paid sponsorship. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was, I was going to, you know, see what my cut was. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, also, uh, yeah, I want to scoop in a top eight, uh, Chris Chichi. Uh, ah. for, sh- for sharing his blue black Omni show deck. Yep. Uh, Jason for sharing his four color Delver blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Celso for meeting up with me and playing down at uh, Tabletop Games in Connecticut. Um, jeez, anything? Oh yeah, Thomas Lequin. Yep. Oh yeah, definitely Tom for that. Uh, and out of curiosity. Any? Oh yeah, you're not going to make it this weekend, shit. So then I guess you're not going to be bringing Ian. No, no. Sorry, Ian. I still haven't met you, even though you live within a stone's throw of me. <laughs> he probably heard your neighbor's. He's probably <laughs> your neighbor with the snowblower. Yeah, he's <laughs> pretty awesome. If he was my neighbor with a really loud snowblower. <laughs> he's, I don't know. He said he's down near the square, wherever the wherever the square is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I do know where that is. Luckily for both of us. <laughs> okay. uh, he, I think he might even be planning on coming in. I, sh- I should probably uh, hit him up on Twitter and see if he's showing up or not. Um, and yeah, so that's that's probably all my top eights for this week. What about you? Uh, I don't got any. <laughs> I, you don't I, got any? Yeah, I, I, everyone you said to. Those are all. <laughs> Jerry's top eight is ditto. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> I'm gonna scoop in the really excited guy on the art of Eureka, cause you, <laughs> you go. <laughs> yeah, it, it was man. I really wanted uh, Eureka because it had that on it, and I wanted the original presence of the master from Legends. Like what? What is what is that thing on Eureka? It's like a little tadpole. It, it looks like. It looks like uh, the piece of poo from South Park, whatever. It looks like the piece of poo. <laughs> Mr. Looks, Hanky? Yeah, it looks like Mr. Hanky from South Park. That's what it looks like. And it's like really excited bearded man. Is a 
good card. <laughs> we'll go with that. Sure. <laughs> All right, so you're going to shout out Eureka. Oh, you're going to scoop into top eight Eureka? Yeah, just not, uh, what's his name? Kaj, Ka- Kaja Fogan, the artist. I got, uh, Foglio. Foglio. Kaja yeah. Foglio. Well, you know what else that, you know what else that, you know what else that artist drew? What else? Showerzad. Ah. And, and I believe it's a she. It's a she. All right, well, we're gonna have some discussions, Kaja. I think it's yeah, yeah. Um, Foglio, Foglio. I, 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 I believe she did Shahrazad because, uh, as far as um, I used to love that card in Commander. Right? <laughs> it's out of stock at sixty bucks on SCG, and it's banned in Commander. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did Shahrazad. That's how. That's the only reason I know that artist. It's because she did Shahrazad and Eureka, but more so I knew her for Shahrazad. You're right. And, anyway, anyway. Um, oh, God, I love that card. <laughs> I love both of them cards, actually. So so what else? All right. Any, anything else you're going to scoop in a top eight? Mm, no. All right. Well, it's that's funny. The uh, Apparently the top eight rounds are not timed. <laughs> No, they're not timed. Alright. Um, well then. Oh, Scooping Esper Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> Scooping Esper Dragons, you're gonna scoop in standard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright. And then, uh, so you're not gonna be there Sunday. I won't see you then. Uh, maybe Ian will end up coming down anyway. Uh, have a blast in New York. Oh, thanks, man. I want and you to win some credit. Yeah, I need to win some credit. I'm gonna have to fucking do something. <laughs> I, I, I gotta, I'll, I'll figure out what I'm gonna do. I, I, I'm either gonna go down there with punishing people for not keeping Force of Will, or, um, I don't know, Merfolk Elves or Blue Red Omni Show. I'm not exactly sure which direction I wanna go in. Play Merfolk. God, I love that deck. That, 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 that deck is so fair, and so... It's just fair. <laughs> it's just, it's Play scary. Merfolk. Play Merfolk. Yeah, it's, it, I think. So, so what do you think? Who loses in this? Elves and Merfolk. Elves just beats Merfolk. Yeah, because Elves have, has the instant speed, basically win on win on the spot. Elves has more creatures that can swarm, and they're not being island walked. Yeah, that's like you lose one of the biggest advantages with uh, Merfolk mm-hmm. of island walk, and the fact that Elves can have a combo win that Elves that Merfolk doesn't. Mm. And it's like, sure, Merfolk can. Um, Merfolk can counter the win condition, but elves can just keep chump blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, since you don't have island walk, you basically have to have a true name nemesis in play in order to win. Yeah, yep, yeah. Because otherwise, they just have the uh, the bounce effect where they keep uh, what is it, is it Wirewood symbiote or yeah, Wirewood symbiote, elvish visionary. Yeah, okay, yeah. Elvish. So yeah, they just keep throwing, they chump blocking, chump block your mer- your big merfolk. And then yep. Firewood Symbiote, the elf, back to their hand, and then recast it. So it's infinite blockers. It's basically like a maze of if. Or they use Query and Rager, block with a Dryad Arbor, and then bounce it before you can get Jit counters. Yeah, exactly. So you basically have to have the True Name Nemesis in order to get through that. Maybe I should just get boned up with elves then. Maybe I should just get more practice in with elves. I just I don't like I don't like the fact that elves just folds to combo. I mean, I guess it doesn't fold to combo. Somehow Nick knows how to do it. But he's he's a he's a really competent elves pilot. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, with all that said, I guess we'll uh, time to sign off. Yeah, we'll pick this up next week. Anyway, Jerry, uh, have fun in New York. 
Thanks. I want you to win some uh, win some store credit. And then uh, we'll see if we can figure out at some point. Maybe I could borrow those clicks. Yeah, let me know. Actually, oh, actually, is there any way I can meet up with you before you go on your way to New York or something? Um, I'm leaving at 9 a.m. Saturday morning. The only thing is I'm not driving. I'm getting a ride. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Hmm. Okay. I mean, if All you right, want to come out, if you want to come out to Boston. <laughs> That might be that might be an idea. I just want to see. Maybe I'll see if there's. Maybe I could borrow clicks from Flip. Okay. Just so, just so I could try food chain and see. Yeah. If you if you want to come out to Boston, I can meet up with you and give them to you. It's well, just... Let me check. Let me check with Flip because he's down the road. He might have a couple. Okay. I can also ask Nick for you too. Nick. Wilbur. Uh, yeah. I could probably. Yeah, I could ask Nick too or Dan. Yeah. I'm sure Dan's got him. Dan actually but... still has my show intels. Oh yeah. Yep. Ah, oh, that shit makes me nervous. I can't, and, and like, you know, I was talking to, who was I talking to? Celso, actually, when I was going to go down there and play, and he's like, he was telling me he's not playing ad nauseum tendrils, he could just loan me LEDs. And, you know, and I told him, I said, I appreciate the offer, but the re, you know, the thing is, is before an event, I would rather trade for them or, or buy them. Um, I told him, I'm like, you know, just from my perspective, if it was his LEDs that were in my tin fins deck when it was stolen, that would have set up a totally awkward, Unfortunate situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, what's the difference between Vendillion Click and LED? Um, nothing. <laughs> I, would st- I would still rather trade for them or buy them in advance. Right. Like, if you won't let me buy them from you, then, but you let me loan them, then. I mean, okay. I'd, I'd be up, I'd rather buy them. If, if you need Vendillion Clicks, I'd be up to trade or sell them to you, because I kind of do really like the new art on them. Well, let me know if, let me know what you'd want to trade anyway. Yeah, um, I, I, oh, I, that, oh, I forgot to mention this in the cast. I'll mention it next week, but, uh, I'm three. You can mention it now. I can fucking oh, I can um, stop and pause at it, whatever. So we're not, so the rounds aren't timed. That's I'm, right. <laughs> I'm super excited. I'm, uh, I'm three dual lands away from having a complete 40 set of the duels. What are they? I need a Bayou, a Taiga, and a Savannah. Hmm. And then I have all 40 dual lands. Alright, and how how concerned are you on condition or whether they're foreign, black border, unlimited, whatever? Uh, not, not too concerned. concerned. I mean, if they're foreign, black border, that's amazing. You're just you're just trying to complete a playable set that you can sleeve and play. Yeah, because I have one Italian foreign black border tundra, so already it's you know slightly off. I don't really care if they're they're all the same border. Alright, so there's a type of white and blue. Yeah, <laughs> like dual lands or dual lands. With other cards where it's only a difference between a couple dollars, I don't really care, but I'm not about to sell my Italian Tundra in order to get a white border Tundra. But also with the other side, I'm not trying to sell my other Tundras to get black border Tundras. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not yeah. uh, not that dedicated. Well, I can try to keep some sort of eye open and see if I notice any sort of deals on any duels anyway. Yeah, if you see a deal, especially the Bayou, because that's the big money one. Yeah, I think I have one now. The other one was stolen in Tinfins. I think I just have the one. Well, it, it, it's eventually I'll fucking I'll come across another one. Yeah. You know, it's like, I guess it would only suck if uh, if I was actually trying to play Shardless Bug at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but until I get Tarmogoyfs Ooh. in a reprint, I'm not sweating it. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe, What's that? Uh, I do kind of really want to run a Maverick deck. Oh boy, uh-huh. that's no force of will, right? 
Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to do that for SCG Worcester, though. Oh, yeah, that sounds scary. And I can't really run. Scary. Yeah, I can't run Bant until Noble Hierarchs printed. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I like. I want to get the. I'm looking forward to trying to find cheap prices on Noble Hierarch and Tarmogoyf and put Shardless Band together. Yeah. And I still want. I still want to do Thopter Foundry, Sword of the Meek with a Gaius Cradle. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm looking. I'm trying to do something like that. I should. I should really think about. I need three copies of Thopter Foundry still. Uh, it, I think I, if I. Do you? They're the, yeah. They're like a dollar. I can. I can yeah. those up. Yeah, they're like 75 so I just got to find them. Like, all the stores I go to, nobody's got them. And I, I didn't even think about it when I was down at uh, Tabletop to see if they had any. Or um, Yo, Ice Imports oh boy, either, because I'm sure that they got them. Like real mad, um, I don't like really find myself that way too often. You know but anyway, all right, so, we are uh, running on. Word, they need to learn to... Shut up! Why don't you find a short pair? 
to take a long walk. You talk too much. Baby, you never shut up.